Welcome to another episode of Extra Innings, the Phillies podcast by Philly.com, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Philadelphia Daily News. I'm Matt Breen, joined here in Clearwater, Florida with Scott Lauber and Bob Brookover. There was big news today, guys. Not in Phillies camp, but elsewhere, as Manny Machado did not sign with the Phillies. He signed with the San Diego Padres for a 10-year deal worth $300 million, and it's pretty simple. It's Bryce Harper, or in my opinion, it's bust. Scott, Bob, where do you where do you think the Phillies stand right now? We talked to Matt Clentech, we talked to Gabe Kapler today. Where do you think they stand in their pursuit of Bryce Harper? I uh, I tend to agree with you. I think it's Bryce or bust. Although that's not what they're saying. Look, it doesn't help them right now if they come out and they say that because then Scott Boris has them right where he wants them. He's got them kind of in a box, and he can say, "I want." you know, $600 million and what choice do they have? So they're going to play cool and they're going to say, you know, it's not the last winter that there are going to be free agents and there are going to be guys out there next year and the year after that and the year after that who are good players. But they're in a position now where they are ready to win right now. Bryce Harper is 26 years old. He's there to be had. All you have to do is make him the highest offer and I think he's yours. And For me, that's the move I make now. Don't wait around for Nolan Arenado next year or Mookie Betts or Mike Trout in two years. You've made the moves you've made this offseason in order to land one of the studs and to make make a run now at a playoff spot in the World Series and go to a place you haven't been to in seven years. So I think it's Bryce or Bust, and we'll have to see now over the next few days how this thing shakes out. I wrote that it was Bryce or Bust. Uh, that, that was the gist of my column, that it's Bryce or Bust. Uh, the Phillies can try to sell the idea that, hey, we made a lot of improvements, but, you know, th- that's not going to be any better idea than the city's soda tax. Uh, it's just not going, to, it's not going to fly in Philadelphia. You know, you, you, Scott, you make the point that they can't say it's, it's Bryce or Bust because they, they, they're dealing with Scott Boris and he can demand whatever then. But from Scott Boris's standpoint, if the Phillies say we're going to 350, this this gives you the highest annual value. It gives you the biggest contract ever. Does he really have 350 from somewhere else? I mean, at this point, you know, San Francisco seemed interested in the short-term deal when it looked like maybe a short-term deal would get these guys done. Uh, but I'm not sure that you know. I don't. I think it's 10 years or bust for Scott Boris now. So the, the game continues. But this part of the game might have really benefited the Phillies because now they have a parameter. Now they got 10 and 300 million as a parameter. Where do they take it from here? Where does Boris need it to go from here? The game has moved along finally. So the, the Phillies obviously valued Manny Machado. Possibly even some of us I know think valued him over Bryce Harper, but. The price, according to Matt Contact, came in over what they valued Manny Machado at. So if the Phillies weren't willing to spend $300 million on Manny Machado, the player that this front office seemed to prefer, Scott, do you, do you think they're – are they willing to spend more than that on Bryce Harper? Well, if they're not, then we're all wasting our time because whether or not they are, that's going to be what the price is. Like, so Manny sets the bar at 10 years and $300 million, which happens to also be – the offer that Bryce Harper turned down at the end of last season to stay with the Nationals. So I think 10-300 was kind of, sort of, always going to be Bryce's 
uh, floor in these talks. And if the Phillies aren't going to go over 300, they might as well just call Scott Boris and bow out right now because I don't think that anything less than that's going to get it done. I think the key numbers to pay attention to now, obviously, the 300 million. I think 34.3, I believe it is, million dollars, which is the record annual value of Zach Granke's contract with the Diamondbacks. Boris wants to beat that AAV. And I think, even though he argues that it's apples and oranges to compare Giancarlo Stanton's deal with the, with the originally with the Marlins uh, with a free agent deal, because Stanton hadn't gotten a free agency yet, I think he wants to beat that number too. So that number is 325. That's the largest deal ever done. So I think 325, I think 34.3 million. I think if you multiply 34.3 by 10, you probably have a deal. So 10 for 345? Is that too rich for the Phillies? Do they walk away from that? You know, I think that's the question now that we begin to ask as Machado's off the board and we have a little bit more clarity on what the Harper market is going to look like. Bob, the one thing that we did find out today is that since the Phillies lost out on Manny Machado, third baseman, is odds are it will be Mike Alfranco. You've, you've talked to Franco this spring training. Um, we talked to him again today after the, the news of the Machado signing. Where do you think he stands and and what do you think he can do this year as the starting third baseman yeah i mean it, he came into camp w- with the many thing hanging over his head and then gabe kapler said you know he's in a competition with scott kingery but i don't you know gabe has also said that you know he he wants michael franco to feel like he's in a competition but he still feels like the phillies are best with him at third base and kingery moving around the diamond and playing a bunch of different positions uh, it has to be some relief for Michael Franco. He, he seemed more relaxed today, and he he was also very funny when we we asked you know just do you, do you want Bryce Harper now? And he said, Yeah, sure, why not? I'd, I'd love to have Bryce Harper. So that 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 part is funny. The one the one other thing I wanted to add just to, to go back a second to the the uh, Harper thing is you know the ball and we didn't we got to talk to Matt Clentak about this about the whole thing but the ball is really in John Middleton's court more than anywhere else you know Matt Clentak can't sit alone and he can talk to all his lieutenants all he wants but the the only person matters who matters now is John Middleton John what do you think the price is where how high can we go what's our ceiling for Bryce Harper and really it's up to him and then in turn, I mean, it's really simple. In turn, then it's up to Bryce. Do you want to play for Philadelphia for the most money that you can possibly make? I, and Because I really think, you know, I only think the Nationals are the one team that can that can outbid them at this point and have any interest in outbidding them because he's been theirs. But I, I still think the Phillies are the team that, that has the most money and the most wherewithal to do this. How stupid can the Phillies get is what John Middleton's going to have to answer. And for me, this entire offseason was built on how or should be graded on if the Phillies can land a superstar. It started four years ago when they started unloading the players from the 2008-2009 Phillies, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, uh, trading Jonathan Papelbon. And, and all these moves were to shed salary with an eye on – this winter and if they could get Manny Machado or Bryce Harper and the Phillies improved they're definitely a better team than the team that ended last season but it, it to me it's it's not Matt Klintek said it's not going to be a failure if they 
if they don't sign Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And like we said on the last podcast, sure, failure is a pretty strong word. I don't think it's going to be a failure, but you can't say this was a successful offseason if Bryce Harper is playing elsewhere and Manny Machado is playing elsewhere. And I, I kind of thought of this in the last few days, and I'll see if you what you guys think. Do you think that ownership valued Bryce Harper, the front office – valued Manny Machado and that stupid money was possibly only there for its ownership's money was only there to spend on the guy that the ownership really was willing to get stupid on Bryce Harper Manny Machado had a you know we'll call it a hard cap they weren't going to go past whatever that number was they weren't going to meet 10 300 but Bryce Harper if that's the guy that I believe John Middleton wants that they can spend that money and they can exceed 10 300 and like scott said it was what 10 330 340 was the number you threw out there 345 uh, i yeah. think they could push that if, if not more to make do whatever it takes to land the guy that john middleton wants yeah i mean uh, that's kind of the and i i could be wrong but you feel the way i do that that you know matt clen we've talked so much about matt clentak and andy mcphail and ned rice and how they have this history with manny machado going back to the baltimore days and if you look at the way they've acted over the course of the past year you know they were very very aggressive in trying to get him at the trade deadline or at the all-star break last year they made a pretty good offer and Baltimore just opted for the Dodgers package instead. I think that they were really earnest in their interest in the guy. But at the end of the day, when you get into free agency, it is John Middleton's money. And he, I think, is the ultimate sort of, you know, he's the ultimate decision maker. If there was a tie to be broken between Machado and Harper, he's the one to break that tie. And if you're talking about who's going to put fannies in the seats and who's going to be the guy to tune into every night on TV to watch them play and you know, certainly we feel we, we know anecdotally from the emails that we get and listening to, to different people around the city that Harper is the people's choice. I'm sure John Middleton hears that as well. So if he wasn't influ- if he wasn't in the Harper camp before, maybe he's been influenced by it now. I just think that, yeah, you're probably right that, you know, if this is this is the man who's going to spend the money and he's going to spend the money uh, on one of these two guys, Harper may be the one that he preferred all along. And so, you know, maybe that's, we know that Boris likes to talk to the owners directly. And I'm sure he's had a conversation here over the course of the winter with John Middleton, maybe more than one. And, and maybe that's the direction that they were going to go all along because that's the one the owner wants. So Matt Klintak said today about the price getting too high, that sometimes you have to be willing to walk away. Bob, you've covered baseball in the city for a long time. You grew up in South Jersey. You're, you know, I'll give, I'll, I'll call you a Philly guy, even though you're not a Philly guy, but I'll give you that today. Let me throw a theory out there. Bryce Harper signs with the Nationals uh, next week, 10 years, $345 million. And Matt Klintek says sometimes you have to be willing to walk away after not signing Bryce Harper. How does that go over in Philadelphia? Well, I'll tell you how it goes over in South Jersey. <laughs> Because, you know, I wouldn't know about Philadelphia. I do know this about Philadelphia. Most Philadelphians would rather claim South Jersey than the Northeast. <laughs> so, uh, but in South Jersey and in Philadelphia, it's not going to, it's not going to play. It's going to be, it's not going to go over well. And it, it would, I think it, they would get hurt in attendance if they fail to get one of these guys, unless they could come out of the gates fast and, and win uh, and make, you know, it was it was funny because 
you know, Matt doesn't know for sure whether he's going to sign this guy, and he's not sure exactly what to say if they don't at at this point um, because so much has been built up over this the entire offseason that it's impossible to say it's not at this point. And, and everybody, including Gabe and Reese Hoskins, they were all downplaying, you know, one or the other. Uh, I just want to see him sign Bryce Harper to see where that downplaying goes to – uh, we feel like we got the best guy, and the excitement. I think Reese will really be excited because I, I really. It makes sense that Reese. He's he's a Boris guy. Uh, he's befriended Bryce. How excited he will be, and I'm not sure that Gabe was more on the Manny side than the Bryce side. I think he was more on the Bryce side as well. So I think you're talking about. You know, I, I really would love to see the sense of excitement that they're in that clubhouse if they were able to sign Bryce Harper. I hope we do get to see that. Yeah, I I totally think that that Gabe was on the was on the Bryce side of things. I mean, you know, unsolicited last September, he said he might be the best player in baseball. Then, you know, I think it was at the winter meetings he was singing his praises again, talking about his approach at the plate. It's it's everything Gabe loves about uh, about hitting. A guy who sees a lot of pitches and gets on base and is a is a really tough at bat and hits the ball over the over the fence at the end of an at bat and things like that. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that. And the other thing too. So you talk about what are they going to do? What are they going to say? How do they spin it if they don't get him? And, you know, I think we already heard a little bit at the end of last season from Andy McPhail. Like, I think he said this is not the last offseason that, you know, or the last season that baseball is going to be played, right? There are going to be other free agent classes. And we'll hear a lot about Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and the guys who are coming a year or two from now. But for me, that holds up even less now than it would have then because – they moved the goalpost two weeks ago when they traded for JT Real Muto. They absolutely moved the goalpost on their expectations for this year. You don't trade your number one prospect for a catcher whom you have two years of control over if you're not in it to win it right now. So why on earth would you wait around for Mike Trout or Mookie Betts, who may or may not be on the market in two years, when you're built to win right now? Suddenly they've gone from, you know, this nice 80-win story where they jumped up 14 wins last year to a team that's kind of got expectations to win its division. And if you don't sign Bryce Harper, the best player available right now, you have a lot of explaining to do uh, because we'll wait for next year. No longer, no longer holds any water here. It's a good point. Gabe Kapler said uh, last week they, that the Real Muto trade meant they were in win win now mode, right? On MLB Network, he said that. So it it would be a clear sign that if you're really in win now mode, is to to not kick the can down for two years from now with Mike Trout. And honestly, I mean, it's not my money, but I don't think signing Bryce Harper takes you out of the running for any of those other free agents you, you named, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, look, I mean, you know, they've got they've got Aaron Nola locked up now on a, on a relatively team-friendly deal, and Real Muto's not making a, a ton of money for the player that he is. So, sure, no, I don't, I don't understand why anyone would think that, you know, that it ties them up uh, just because they do one big deal. Maybe if they had done both, Harper and Machado, well, then sure. But, no, I don't know why it would take them out of anything next offseason or the one after that. So, Bob, we'll hypothetically say the Phillies do sign Bryce Harper, even though we keep talking, it seems like, that they're not going to sign Bryce Harper. But just for this exercise, they they do sign him. They were already, you know, maybe the second or third best team in the National League East. What does 
what does Bryce Harper do for the Phillies in 2019? You know, I think they're like a third place team right now. If I had to, if I had to predict a, a division as the team they're currently constructed, if they got Bryce Harper, I, you know, I would say that they're they're the team they're the favorite to win the division. I think it pushes them to that point. I would still have some questions about their starting pitching, but I like their relief pitching enough, and I also believe. You know, I don't, I've looked at it a little bit. I don't think it's a great going to be a great market for starting pitching at the trade deadline. Uh, it's just going to be an okay one. But if they had to go get a guy, I think they could do that. And it, it's it's definitely the best lineup in the National League East if you get Bryce Harper and you got Bryce Harper in the middle. You got Reese Hoskins in the middle. You got you got you got guys that can do all sorts of things. Score. Um, you know, and I think it makes Michael Franco better, and I think it makes uh, Cesar Hernandez better, and I think it's going to make Odubel Herrera better. I mean, I think just you surround you surround your lineup with good, good, great players, and the good ones become better. I agree. As long as the starting pitching is not even as good as last year, but it totally doesn't fall off a cliff after Nolan Jake Arrieta, then I think. With Bryce Harper, this team is in competition for the pennant with the Dodgers. Scott, where, where do you think Bryce Harper, if he signs with the Phillies, takes him? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'd throw the Brewers into that mix. I think they're really good, um, you know, too, and especially after bringing back Moustakis and Grandal, getting Grandal and some of the other things they've done. That's a good team. But, yeah, you're right. I think – and it's all about the lineup, you know. I mean, now we're talking about – um, we're talking about Hoskins with Segura, with with all the guys you mentioned, Real Muto, uh, and now Harper. Add that to that mix. Now you've got Odubel Herrera hitting seventh, you know, and Mike Franco either you know probably hitting eighth. You know, that's those are pretty good hitters down in the bottom of your lineup. Uh, I'm not sure you love them if they're three and four. Uh, but you know, if they're seven and eight, sure. I think the lineup is deeper. I think their bench looks that much better. If you put Nick Williams on the bench with Scott Kingery and, and Roman Quinn, uh, now you've got a, a bench that looks really good. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they would step up automatically to be the favorite to win the division and you'd have to put them in the top two, three teams in the national league. I think, you know, to use the Matt Clintac phrase, moving the needle, I think that Harper moves the needle, Harper breaks the needle. You know, I think that the needle has been moved already, and I think that it, this really would kind of make them considerably better by a, by a lot of wins. There, there's your headline for when if the Phillies sign Harper, break the needle. And last before we go, last thing, they did not sign Manny Machado. Bob, Scott, give me your gut for prediction to the Phillies sign Bryce Harper. I'll be stunned if they don't sign Bryce Harper. I, I just think it's what, as, as we've talked about in this entire podcast, it's what the entire offseason has been about. Um, the entire baseball world has been saying since October, the Phillies are the favorite to get one of these two guys. There's only one left. I'll be stunned if the Phillies don't get him. Same here. Totally stunned. And I think if they don't, we're going to be talking about why doesn't anyone want to play in Philly? You know, what's keeping free agents from signing here? You know, all of those things, this sort of that that sort of crisis of confidence about about that. And I think that that's going to that's going to be a big deal if he doesn't sign here, because, again, like you've angled your whole offseason, you've angled your entire, as you said, last four years for this offseason. And uh, to come up without Harper or Machado, it just doesn't seem like like that's possible. 
Well, I guess we all can't have the same answer. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say they do not sign Bryce Harper. He goes back to the Nationals. Um, you asked me that yesterday. I would have said they do sign Bryce Harper or they do sign Manny Machado. Today, I just – I did not get a good vibe being in – being around the ballpark today, I, I think they come up short. But maybe you guys are right. Who knows? Maybe they can sign Nick Foles instead. There we go. They can franchise tag Bryce Harper. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>